Good evening and welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is episode 116, being recorded on the 13th of November 2022 for release on, I think, the 22nd of November 2022. My name is Elliot Page, the bounty in your box of celebrations, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Hanley. How are you doing, Andy? I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm that empty wrapper that somebody's left when they've taken the chocolate out just to troll you. Oh, motherfucker. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Which is the worst thing. I used to be a roommate with a lovely, lovely person who I love dearly from the bottom of my heart, but who, whenever a box of celebrations got opened, would immediately do the ultimate dick move of just siphoning out all the Maltesers. It's like, come on, my guy. Like, don't do that. Like, right when you open it. Come on. At least try and be sneaky about it. But you yeah, see, no. I, 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 I'd, I'd be okay sharing a flat with that guy because I'm not, I'm not so big on the Maltesers. Like, somebody else can have those. I'll, 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 I'll take, I'll take that pack quite happily. Damn, Mister, uh, oh, Mister Hipster Andy Hanley doesn't like the most popular sweet in the box of celebrations. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, this is a fortnightly look at chocolate and manga um, we will focus on joint discussion um we have a patreon which um upcoming changes are coming to if you'll go on to the patreon at patreon.com forward slash screen tone club you'll find details of that um you can also find us on the internet at screentone.club and of course part of our patreon is our lovely shout outs tm members mr rob jessup the blue head cyborg and seekers get so thank you ever so much for your support so we've got a pair of um very different um series both temporally and emotionally i suppose which one do you want to go first andy or shall i which yeah, one do you fancy i mean we've been talking food so let's stick on the food topic i guess i can i can go first on this one um because yeah my pick for this podcast is crazy chocolate truck no wait crazy food truck volume one which as mentioned on the last episode is one of those things where i've just seen it's just kind of kept cropping up around me either on my twitter timeline or just randomly in the office um and it's called crazy food truck so why would i not want to check it out and see what the heck it's about uh the author is uh Rokuro ogaki uh it is a viz media series um which is complete after just three volumes in japan which is probably about right for how long this series should be yeah uh, Two of those volumes available in English. Um, no anime yet. This seems like something you'd make an anime of, to be honest. Um, yeah, you could, you could get, you could get a single season out of this pretty easy, I feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so unsurprisingly, Crazy Food Truck is about a crazy food truck and it is made very clear that characters refer to it as crazy, uh, because yeah. it is. Um, but for yeah, our the, first... pa- the page 30 title drop had me like <laughs> cheering in the cafe. Yeah, it is, it is, it is great. It's, and, and pretty much sets the tone for kind of what this series is like in a lot of ways um but yeah so we introduced this series via a, a food truck vendor who is driving said food truck around a a effectively a post-apocalyptic wasteland it seems um he seems to be having a good time he's enjoying making some food um doing doing what he does um it turns out we don't find till quite late later but his name is gordon goliath which is a very good name uh food yeah. truck food truck owner or not like we all wish we were called gordon goliath um but anyway his his everyday drive um is interrupted by a sleeping bag in the middle of the road that he has to swerve to avoid which is very upsetting not least because it breaks some bottles of beer um mm. which is you know nobody wants that to happen um and because this is a manga there's a naked girl inside said sleeping bag 
um, who is both very taciturn and also incredibly hungry. Um, <laughs> but l- luckily, Gordon runs a food truck, so you know that works. Well, not out. for long. All of his product vanishes. Yeah, that works pretty well for about thirty minutes until the girl has eaten all of said food and is still hungry. Um, but of course, it turns out there is there is a, a secret to this girl. She's not just some naked 17-year-old that's just literally just was sleeping out. Uh, because it turns out that the the, the military or whatever organisation they are um, are looking for this girl. Um, and Gordon, for reasons that we kind of learned towards the end of this volume, is not really keen on the idea of, of giving her away her whereabouts, tries to kind of hide her. That goes a bit awry, and so it turns into an all-out firefight slash car slash crazy food truck chase um <laughs> as they try to uh to, to stop gordon and this girl um but uh, as it turns out between the two of them they're pretty powerful like arisa is super fast and strong and gordon knows a thing or two about looking after himself as well um so it turns out that the girl's name is arisa um she is indeed on the run as some kind of experiment question mark um and this first volume is sort of a, it, it, it's basically like, what, what if Mad Max was a cooking series? Um, kind of, because it's partly kind of, you know, roaming around the post apocalypse, trying to kind of, you know, make ends meet and survive, um, in a very rough and tough kind of in, in environment. Um, but at the same time, they have some downtime to catch some giant squids and generally just cook stuff up. Um, and that's kind of it for this first volume. Like it's, it's fun, but I, I just don't, I mean, the fact that it's three volumes kind of like gives me more pause to be like, no, I could probably read the rest of this. Like this felt like something (laughs) that could run and run and run. And I'm not sure how much kind of, you know, how much of it I could take. I mean, for starters, like, Whilst it's fine, like, initially, like, okay, yeah, like, Arison turns up naked, fine. But the series really does make the most of her being naked whenever humanly possible, and is very malgazy about it, and is very, like, Gordon being malgazy about it while he's trying to stay cool about it as well. Um, and... I don't know. I feel like I just kind of want a bit more of Arisa as a more sort of rounded character than just being like, oh, she's strong, she's hungry, she has boobs. Like, it's, <laughs> it kind of feels a little bit sort of, you know, low rent as far as that goes. Um, and kind of the broader strokes of it all feel quite predictable. Like, you kind of get the feel, even before he kind of leaps into action, that like, okay, well, this, food truck guy clearly has a past and a secret because there's something here that that just doesn't add up and of course it turns out that you know he was previously part of this whole organization and there's a whole thing there um he has a shoulder tattoo a plot relevant shoulder tattoo yes yeah yeah exactly as soon as it's clear that he's got a tattoo it's like ah yeah there's there's a thing Um, you see it during like one panel and the fact it was dead center on the page and there was nothing obscuring it i'm like well, that's clearly plot relevant. Like, yeah, and, and, and that's and that's kind of the modus operandi of this volume as a whole. Like, it doesn't try to kind of you know slide anything in sort of through the the back door. It doesn't try to be subtle about anything. Everything is you know a two ton truck, both literally and theoretically. Um, and that's 
fun in a way like the the early chapters of this i really loved just for that kind of like bombastic just like yep, we're just swinging for the fences and we're just doing whatever the heck is fun and we like um and i don't know i kind of ease off on that a little bit the deeper that i got but it does it certainly still has a certain something to it that kind of keeps it going for me so i'm i'm not quite sure where i stand on it probably more more probably mostly towards the positive side but i don't know i still have my reservations about it somehow yeah i must admit like the series like to kind of like you know it reminds me very much of like being stood in a line at 11 p.m for a food truck talking with your friends after a few drinks and bullshitting about a fake storyline for the food truck owner while he sort of rolls his eyes and makes your like burger um because it kind of takes the part this series takes the path of the immediately cool at every single time and it works really well for the first jumbo sized chapter because it basically finds a way to kind of wriggle out of any kind of writing by just doing the cool thing like oh there's a sleeping bag in the middle of the road i guess it's one of those air-conditioned sleeping bags and then arissa wakes up and she's super badass and oh thank god she finally wore a top that also somehow makes her boobs bigger um than when they were just out and about and her boobs seem to grow throughout the series and she becomes more and more of like a gremlin as time goes on like both when she's on like super deformed low detail mode or when she's eating everything and it's like okay so we've got a bioweapon cool like she's clearly some kind of like humanoid weapon or something that's been dis- like how did she end up in the road who knows but every single choice it makes and this works initially is the immediately cool idea it's like oh no erissa's here i've picked her up oh i better secure even though i keep telling her to fuck off i'm gonna look after her because i'm gordon and i'm far too cool i'm goliath by name goliath by nature and of course the food truck has a little sort of like destination income uh, like a destination indicator which changes much like when you've got a character whose ball ba- ball cap changes the name the word on it depending on what the character's doing so you know it will say turbo or go and of course the van has nitrous and it has like a weapon on the top which was very confusing because it mixed the idea of being a cannon and a missile launcher at the same time which i don't know maybe i'm just a pedant about guns but it always picks the immediately cool thing which frankly works where it falls apart is once the story starts to grow legs and continue to have an ongoing storyline with like jet major kyle the single most tunibio motherfucker in the military um who constantly chews out his like subordinates and has a katana and a mole under his eye and like says to gordon like ah you know we've staked out this entire town and it's like well that's the immediately cool answer but is extremely stupid and like of course no one has seen Arissa or gordon no one no one will have seen them except they still manage to get a lead on them because it has to keep this storyline going and of course there's a dark pass between gordon and the major oh no and that's where volume one ends basically is like chinese restaurant fight and so it you know it picks the most cool thing at a time like Arissa at one point they go to a brewery and there's like the single most sadistic like shift supervisor you've ever seen in your life who gets clocked of course and then Arissa gets drunk and she does drunken fist bullshit and you know it always picks the cool fun titillating like butt shot thing possible and once it starts to have this through line it feels like it's constricting itself like where it's having to sew together these chapters and storylines and events with like 
you know, the tattoo and Kyle and everything, it kind of just feels very silly. It, it feels like it's constraining itself and ruining some of the cool and dumb shit where it's like, oh, now you've got to have a storyline, but the storyline is actually directly fighting against the fact that it's initially quite fun and silly. And of course, Gordon is like the hottest, like dad bod dude you've ever seen in your life with the mustache and the do rag and his apron and all that with a bunny on it. The apron's got a bunny on it. Um, and it's just kind of a fact that once it actually starts trying to like put these characters into a storyline of any kind, it's like, oh man, I super don't care. And you're making this boring. Like you are actively like lowering the ceiling for this series. At least that's for me. Like that's how I came away on the last chapter of the volume. Um, cause it's only really at that point it starts to rear its head. Um, also good, well drawn. Like Gordon looks cool. Um, Arissa looks like she's, she's from a different series and is both lower detailed, but make sure to draw the nipples properly every time um you know and the truck looks really nice the food looks really nice the weird like you know wildlife looks cool like it all looks cool and well drawn um admittedly apart from arissa who again looks like she's from a different series because she's there to be the like hey check it out we we made like the single most booty tastic like bioweapon um so yeah it's but yeah that's that's kind of where i came down on it is like this is cool and i hope no one reads over my shoulder in public reading this but at the same time it's like yeah now you're trying to add a story it's kind of compressing it in a way that doesn't help it yeah yeah i I think that's pretty much where i'm at and i i think it's predictability starts to kind of work against it at some point i mean again the the whole brewery thing that you mentioned like literally as soon as that gets introduced like oh okay aris is gonna get drunk in there like you know it's not even you know it's not even a vague kind of surprise or like a after the fact like oh yeah of course you did it's literally as soon as it's introduced you can see you can see where the series is going to go with that and i think you know, and again in the chinese restaurant like straight away you're like oh yeah they're going to they're going to end up in some kind of fight or shootout somebody's going to dob them in or somebody's going to turn up and surprise them here like you know it, it, everything is really signposted and that you know i that doesn't give it a lot of road to play with because like those early chapters i think are at least somewhat kind of surprising like oh the food truck oh, yeah. has a cannon slash missile thing like cool okay and and you know the whole going for the coolest thing kind of works there because you're not you're not kind of at a point where you know what you're expecting from the series and so it can kind of delight you with that but then once you kind of get a bead on what it's what it's kind of cadence is it's like oh okay i can kind of second guess all of this stuff um and you can sort of you know you can sort of imagine where the second volume goes from there um and so yeah that's kind of where i'm talking because i sort of you know i i really like kyle as a sort of antagonist character i i I enjoy him being a jerk to his subordinate um who and just like making him look stupid at every turn just because I know that that's a really that's always a really entertaining kind of um like back and forth for me of just you know like antagonist and his henchmen um of just this constantly like I I I've got to I've got to remind you like who's in charge here and make you feel stupid at every at every possible moment and that's is quite enjoyably played out there um but yeah I, I I don't know like for three volumes I think I'm probably in to read the rest of it just to see where it goes and whether it kind of you know manages to find some things that it can do that will surprise me um certainly if it was longer than that i'd be like no definitely not but it's like eh, okay for something short and kind of self-contained that probably seems like that's exactly as long as it should be 
Yeah, I see what you mean, especially when like once you get once you start to know the characters, it's like, okay, this, this, and this, and this will happen. And it depends on how cool it is. Like it's actually a really cool bit where like, you know, Arissa proves herself as being someone who's very good at like you know, sort of like tapping on watermelons to see if they're any good. Like there's that classic Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he crushes a watermelon because ha ha. Um, and so, yeah, you get the cool stuff that is in there. And I, yeah, with Kyle, I like to imagine that like the entire military, he's like the only one in the military who does that. He's just like, well, world's ended time to cosplay. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, and also there are lots of smart things about it. Like, like you know that it's not like full-on fist of the north star blasted wasteland versus concrete jungle you know the town itself is a bit ramshackle but they've kept bits intact like gordon travels by following what remains of roads but also power lines so there is some degree of infrastructure there's even a radio show he calls into and it's like okay like this isn't just like you know an empty wasteland full of biker toughs although biker toughs do show up and that was cool um i was just like yes finally motorbikes um, they didn't have mohawks, but it is a case of like, okay, there is enough sense here to kind of, you know, it isn't full on Mad Max bullshit mm. land. And that kind of makes it a little more sort of enjoyable, at least personally. Um, and, you know, it does make sense that there would be a food truck. Just maybe don't pitch up in the middle of the desert, dude. Come on. Like chapter one is basically asking for no customers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's certainly there's, there's certainly that that angle to it as well. Um, and it's sort of that 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 whole part of it almost feels like uh, exactly what you're saying about of like you just start like making up a stupid story, and then before you know, it, it's all got out of control. Like this feels like the the idea of like what if this like buff fighting dude owned a food truck was kind of like that was probably the initial pitch, and that's like oh god, now I've actually got to make a series about this. Like how do I how do I slot this into anything that makes any kind of sense? um but uh, yeah like uh, yeah, th- there's definitely a suspension of disbelief in there like okay well i'm just gonna run with this stuff and fine i'll just uh, i'll just take this at face value yeah the author the author's afterward after the recipes it has says like oh i finally got to make a mango with all my favorite stuff in it and it's like yeah that comes through dude like <laughs> yeah. is this pastiche of cool shit um so yeah it's so yeah it's a fun ride it's a fun read like it's it was perfectly fun and you know it's viz so i read it on the it's on the cheaper side for reading it because i got it digitally um you can get it physically as well in the like nice sort of plus size like original viz originals sizing uh but at the same time it's like yeah i'm i mean it's only two more volumes but at the same time i think i'm good like this this is good fun but there are other things that can give me um it can give me that unadulterated fun more easily. So I'm kind of okay, honestly. Um, but it sounds like you're probably going to continue, Andy. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Just uh, out of curiosity as, as much as, as anything, um, you know, just, just to see what it's going to do with this. Um, I, I suspect I know for the most part, but, uh, <laughs> but, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, but I, I do think you're right. Like, you know, if, if you're looking for, I mean, again, like, you know, for just name dropping Fist of the North Star. I mean, that, that's a much bigger kind of proposition to read, but like that kind of, that has the crazy over the top sort of, you know, post apocalyptic thing going down in a way that I think is kind of, I don't know, it, it is a more sort of purely enjoyable effort than this is. Um, yep. So, and you know, there, there are plenty of other series that have, 
kind of bombastic action but have a lot more going to them i mean it is i i can't help but like think about this compared to something like a black lagoon which also has the just like this is the coolest thing that could possibly happen at this moment and i'm here for it but that also has a crazy amount of kind of character depth and world building depth deep lore <laughs> yeah that this series just doesn't have and you know that's it's it's an unfair comparison because you know it's not clearly crazy food truck is not trying to tell you about the state oh, of sure. the world but you know i i don't know i i think i do want a bit more you know meat in my burger um <laughs> as, as to, to use a, a crazy food truck analogy yeah yeah um yeah i don't need anything, anything more to mention on that front on this series i don't know i'm i'm like six of those omnibus edition volumes into fist of the north star and i'm still hooting and hollering for it um if you want to see a guy who is impossibly sized and not due to perspective like get annihilated and all of like and to watch him cry about his children dying because there are all these kidnapped kids he turned into his wolf soldiers and then he turns into metal because that's his fucking martial arts power is turning his skin to metal then yeah fist of the north star might be for you it also has the same amount of male gaze because damn there's a part where ray basically just whips his hand around and then this lady just gets all her clothes exploded so you know it also has that and then saying basically get in the kitchen and it's like ah the 1980s what the fuck like this was i I, I was gonna say but 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 can anyone in that series make a sick blt oh god no no like (laughs) the most food you see in that series are like old men who are crossing the wastelands with their precious packets of seeds (laughs) nondescript seeds that will doom the village if they are destroyed and oh here comes a biker gang oh no fuck (laughs) so yeah where do they get all the gas from who the fuck knows but no yeah this is not the fist of north star but again i do really like it crazy food truck is fun like i the first i mean to be fair the first three chapters were fun and then volume chapter four is like uh uh-oh like oh this this is feeling less interesting because it's suddenly catching up with itself it's like I'd rather you didn't have storyline. <laughs> Just carry on. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it, it, the, in a weird way, yeah. That that would perhaps have been the ideal is just to like not not have any of this continuing stuff and just have it as a kind of like you know visit the town du jour, sell food du jour, fix problem du jour. You know, move on to the next place. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's um, been Crazy Food Truck. Unless you've got anything else to add, Andy? No, no, that's cool. it for me. All right. And so a brief break from us. Hey, Elliot here. Just interrupting this episode to let you know that Screen Tone Club is supported by our lovely listeners via Patreon. Doing this helps defer the cost of buying the manga we read for the show, keeps the show ad-free, and also gives us a lovely little ego boost. By supporting us on Patreon, you also get monthly bonus episodes. And if you support us on the $3 and up tier, you get to vote on what we cover on these bonus episodes. To find out more, please go to patreon.com forward slash club. Uh, sign up today and you get full access to the entire back catalogue of two years plus of bonus episodes. Uh, whether you're a subscriber or not, thank you very much for listening. And now, back to the show. Okay.
Okay, moving on to my pick. It is My Dear Detective, uh, Mitsuko's Case Files, Volume 1. This is a series being published by Azuki on their platform. Uh, the author is Natsumi Ito. Um, it's currently not complete. Um, there are currently 12 chapters out in English, and I believe all but the latest one are freely available to read, even if you're not a subscriber to Azuki. Um, there are three volumes out in Japan, um, and it seems like it's going to catch up pretty fast because this chat first volume gets to chapter five of this, of the series so far. And of course, unsurprisingly, the first two are jumbo size, and then it kind of gets a little bit more svelte in chapter length. But, uh, Mitsuko's case files is about Mitsuko Hoshino, who is a very dapper young lady, um, with perfectly done hair, who lives in the 1930s in Japan. So the Taisho era has passed and we're now into the Showa era. Um, before things got real weird and militaristic, there's the sort of the worldwide, you know, global depression. Uh, but there is, of course, the aftermath of the major restoration and the great modernization period. And of course, the great liberalizing force of the Taisho era. And of course, it now lives, you know, now Mitsuko has come of age in a world where both historical and parochial sort of norms and tradition are coming up against Western influence and lots and lots of modernization, some of which is not being taken to too politely. And, you know, very much up front, you get the content warning saying, hey, this series um, quite often has um, discrimination and a lot of things about gender performance and gender norms. So you can kind of see where some of this is going already, especially given that the main character is a woman and is very proud to be a private detective. And she works in a detective office with an old cat man. That's all we know about him so far is he's an old man who seems very rotund and pleasant and uncle-like and has a cat. Um, but Mitsuko is private detective and is actually perhaps one of the more sort of, um, in fact, is the best um, regarded detective in the um, agency, although no one will give her credit for that, apart from old cat man and also her co-workers who don't have faces yet. Um, but she, after sort of busting a case, she is spending her time in a cafe, having a little rest when she comes across the waiter, a frighteningly feather-haired, attractive boy called Saku, um, who is a waiter as well as everything else, apparently, who shows her a glass slipper, except it's not the whole thing made out of glass. It's a nice high-heeled shoe with like a diamond on it. And basically he says, look, someone, this is was left outside of the cafe, I run this place and I'm worried that someone was like running away from trouble or something was amiss here. Like, can you find me the owner of this shoe or, or the other shoe? And basically the two of them end up like skipping her through a lot. So I don't read out the entire first storyline and bore you all. But basically Saku, this frighteningly charm charming and, um, attractive young lad and, um, uh, Mitsuko kind of just team up and become like, uh, forgive me for being so base, but basically a Holmes and Watson type duo in a way where Saku is a young society lad who comes from money and is very well connected as well as having basically touched everything. He is your odd job dude. Uh, Mitsuko is both someone who believes a lot in detective work and, you know, has very a very particular view of her work of like, you know, 
almost almost dreamlike view where she's like views it as being there for someone which i'm sure that'll get her in trouble later on down the line when her ideals hit reality and so she will take on whatever detective work is being asked for whether it's bodyguard work or hunting someone down you know infidelity is of course mentioned or in a case of this first um, chapter finding out who owns this damn shoe um, and of course they go through various different, um, interviews and discussions and trying to ferret out the truth. And so, you know, the two of them end up becoming fast friends. Like, you know, they're basically friends. They're both kind of somewhat rebelling against their assigned role in life by their family and their social status. And so they end up kind of like clumping together as this sort of like odd couple duo who do work well together. And of course, both of them have impeccable hair, as I seem to keep mentioning, because damn, all the hair in this series is on point, as is the fashion and the backgrounds when it deigns to show them and things don't enter introspection, no background world and so that's where we basically end up is this pair of de- private detectives one of whom is now saku basically leaves the cafe and becomes like you know a part-time sort of detective assistant to mitsuko and they go around busting cases or to cut to the actual review they mostly end up kind of standing around while the cases solve themselves <laughs> and they become accessories to it while like being author pov and that's kind of my problem in this series is that there's a lot of interesting cool stuff that is set up here amongst the more sort of obvious and in your face like oh someone graffitied the door of the detective agency and it's like i don't think anyone would be that brazen in the 30s people are way too i don't know whatever i'm not a scholar of history but you know, apart from the more upfront sort of like, blah, sexism, it then goes into, blah, gender, what the fuck? Um, and it kind of dabbles in all that stuff quite pleasantly. But the main problem that I have with the series is that there isn't, there is some detecting, but precious little. And I would like a lot more, especially given how Mitsuko is a big deal and yet mostly seems to just exist in the proximity of a case solving itself even when she does like you know roll up her skirt and quite literally wade around in a river to find a shoe um and so that's my problem is that there's so much in this series that it lays out and it drip feeds but then like leaves unsqueezed like there's a whole bevy of stuff here that you think oh man look at all this delicious fruit i could make a sweet smoothie out of this and then the series basically like gently squeezes it a tiny amount and then puts the rest back and it's like no no like you've got this great setting like you've got all these like social mores and family problems and all this stuff set up but you're not touching any of it like nothing's and there's no detective work and like there's a part in the first chapter where it basically time skips back i think because it's like wait how there's an entire chunk of the story missing here and then it puts it all out of order to try and make it more impactful but it left me just feeling annoyed that it jumped around and didn't really get to anything interesting or really dig in or you know go snooping or put shit together like i don't want a page of the whole like bullshit bbc sherlock mind palace garbage like i just want a bit more detective work and a bit more gumshoeing um especially with, that mitsuko is herself quite smart apart from one of the chapters where she and her sister get blind drunk around their client and their client slips away and so they have to like follow them to find the solution to the case play out in front of them on a pier and yeah i've gone far too long but that's basically my big big crux of this series is it's really pretty i like the characters i like the setting i like everything it's showing but it doesn't seem to use any of it um am i off base andy am i just nitpicking because i'm nitpicky what did you think of this 
No, no, you're, I'm, I'm exactly, I'm exactly aligned with you here. Yeah, like there's what? a lot. No, of... you're supposed to prove me wrong. What is the yeah, point? Yeah, I, I know. Like there's, oh. there's going to be little detective work here either, because yeah, like it's, it is frustrating because you know I, I also, I'm a big sucker for that kind of late Taisho, early Showa era setting because it looks cool. It's a really interesting kind of time, you know. It looks super Generally, sick. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's kind of society and, and the politics of that time is, is all kind of, like, fascinating. And, yeah, it, it promises so much and kind of, you know, it, it touches on some really interesting stuff within that. But, like you say, there's not really any detective stuff. And if I'm buying something that is called My Dear Detective, I want some some detection at some point. Um, and, yeah, it, it feels especially... Because I do feel like... it it works a little better like in its kind of last couple of cases where you know they they feel a bit more fleshed out but the early chapters in particular they just feel like stories that should have been given like maybe like three four chapters they almost yeah. needed you know a, half a volume or so to themselves just to like let things build properly to have because that's that's the fun of, of of like you know reading any kind of like detective work story is seeing the breadcrumb trails starting from almost nothing from the tiniest little thing and then using that to slowly kind of open out this kind of viewpoint of a scenario or a person or whatever it is that slowly you know you start to piece together the actual truth of what's happened whereas this it just it doesn't have the craft of that um yeah. and it, it doesn't just it doesn't tends... seem to know sorry andy but it doesn't seem to know how to open the box almost yeah. like the the story about the art the artwork and the artist the thing is like you know you can piece that together both very easily as the reader because you detect things that are on the page and it's like you could you could unfurl this into a volume but you don't like and it it could be a beautiful story and it is it has nice emotional resonance to it and a lovely backstory but all of this is just told straight up to your face because it doesn't unfold it sorry yeah. andy yeah and and the stuff even when it tries to do that it does it all way too rapidly again that first chapter you know they go and interview like there's a guy at the cafe who's like oh like you know he seems to sort of recognize this shoe and then he, he you know he he name drops somebody who you know and then they they speak to them both and like that should be kind of the starting point of this whole kind of you know slow unfurling but instead it's just like oh yeah i spoke to them both now i figured it out and that's kind of like that's kind of it um and that's sort of the problem like the the final kind of you know case in this first volume is the first time where i felt like there was any kind of actual mystery left intact of like okay you know i kind of want to see a little bit more of this unfold and it felt like it was actually pacing things out and giving giving things some stakes but even then that's kind of a little too late in the day for you know what is a multitude of stories before that that just it just feels very perfunctory it just kind of burns through it and you know it, it puts across the topic that it wants to put across and then that's kind of it. Like it doesn't really explore it. It almost mm. it feels it feels like you're reading a bunch of bullet points a lot of the time of just like this is this is the thing that we want to to put over here. There you go. We've done that now. You know, job done. And and that's almost feels like what it's doing rather than kind of exploring the case or the characters. Um, and you know, it, it it improves when it has more time to do that. Even that kind of penultimate story, you know, where they they get drunk with with their client. Um, you know, that at least has a little bit more 
heart and soul to it because you get to spend a little bit more time with the characters to get a feeling of who they are and what their deal is. Um, it's still not enough to really oh, no. fill the gaps, but it's at least something that you can kind of get your teeth into. Yeah, that story in particular wound me up because it has an interesting setup again. And, you know, they even, you know, they even go like bodyguard and detect with the person but then there's no clues well there's clues but all the clues are just spoken to you by a character and it's all like when and then as i say like the actual end of storyline is the character they're shadowing just basically blurting out the plot line on a pier and it's like um okay right so like none of this uh, it's it's exasperating because like you look back and there's nothing there to really detect or lead up to it's just oh we had the main characters get pissed and their taxi stolen. And then that leaves you with this. It's, that's it. That, and it sucks because that storyline is interesting. Like the actual bullet points of it are interesting, mm. but as bullet points, it's bullet points. It's, that's all it is. Like yeah. you, could, you could do so much with every element of that story. It's like actress with rumors swirling around them. Actress who used to board with other character who is also a character who is, who committed suicide beforehand or did they like actress living this languid life of burnout? Like all this stuff. It's like every piece of this is cool and cool as shit and like is its own storyline. Like you could follow that would then inform part of the whole, but instead it's two chapters and it's really short and a waste of really cool interesting characters who you know just enough to think are cool and are mm. interesting and the setup is cool and interesting and you know you get like the man on the street talking shit down the pub about it sort of thing and you get all the interplay but so briefly and perfunctorily that it's exhausting yeah and, and i mean con- yeah. conversely you know that that story would have worked fine as like a palate cleanser if we'd had a bunch of like really impactful chapters of you know solving whatever cases mundane or otherwise like because because that that would you could quite happily have a story like that that's like hey not everything is a case that needs solving as it turns out sometimes it's just you know it's just people being people and that would have been fine but off the back of another couple of very similar chapters that don't have any meat on their bones like it's kind of the final nail in the coffin and and again even in terms of detective work i'm all for very mundane cases being solved like i that can be super interesting and enjoyable in its own right like not everything has to be a murder mystery or whatever and so i was kind of excited for this as a concept of just like yeah i know finding out who who a shoe belongs to like this is exactly the kind of thing that i'm here for but there's just nothing to it and it just kind of feels like an empty shell at the end of it once you kind of strip away the fact that oh it looks really nice and it's a really kind of you know considered viewpoint on this particular place and time and that's kind of it like again it it always feels like the setting is the series in a sense rather Mm. than the actual content within it but it also makes me second guess it because i'm like well is this the sort of thing that would happen in this setting? Or are you, I mean, I know this is always a risk and a danger, especially being a reviewer as well, or a critic, but it's like, is this just imparting current like expectations onto this timeline or what? I don't know. Like it, it kind of, it kind of leaves me with so many questions because there isn't anything to really dive into here. I mean, it also might be the fact that like, frankly, I've been watching Columbo recently and that shit is good. 
because you know i mean i'm not saying everything has to be columbo in fact very few things should be columbo but the whole point of that series is it starts out by showing you the actual fucking murder canonically how it happened and the rest of it is this scruffy looking motherfucker wandering around like bumbling about and basically picking apart the mystery while they get themselves in more and more trouble trying to keep up a front and that's a particular kind of mystery but that's one thing where you know you can be told what the story what the end what the actual plot is and yet it still makes it super compelling like hell you get an entire episode where leonard nimoy is like the single worst doctor and it's like this show rips like and then only in the last 10 seconds do they get the clue where columbo gets to go ah fucking got you and then credits and you're like sweet that ruled yeah um, whereas in this series like even in the even in the last chapter for the storyline with the gas spent it's like that was only 20 pages and you've already blown past like an entire volume worth of interesting storylines and stuff. And it's, you know, even when it gets to the whole, you know, cutting away to this astronomy professor talking about stuff. And it's like, this is all way too cinched up already. Like the storyline is basically just really thin and narrow here. Yeah. And and I think it could probably get away with a bit more if there was more of a kind of Holmes and Watson or Mulder and Scully or whatever like insert (laughs) insert dynamic duo here from the main characters but like they're both fine as like individual characters but it doesn't really build this kind of particularly interesting rapport between them like you kind of want either a sort of like two complete opposites who are coming at things from very different angles or kind of you know people that are, are very much like aligned and of the same mind and there's just, I don't know, there's just no real dynamic between them. Like, you know, I kind of like both Mitsuko and Saku as individuals, but the sort of, the back and forth between them is very low rent. Like, there's yeah. it's very perfunctory. There's not any kind of... And, 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 you know to to some degree like i'm glad i thought this was instantly going to turn into a, like a, a romance of like oh well actually you know i have a crush on him no like, that's the last thing in the series needs <laughs> yeah it's like please don't do that so i'm glad it doesn't go that route but you've got it needs to build something between them that's more than just like oh well i guess we're just hanging out now like yeah you know, they, they, they feel like they've been rammed together by the series as just a, like well I've just written these two characters, and so you must now inha- inhabit the same space and and work together. Yeah, they're. More, I mean, the pair of them are more interesting in the first chapter, mostly because Saku is kind of just there as a hanger on, like as a dilettante. But then he like buys his way into the detective agency and gets partnered up with Mitsuko, and it's like this is actually a form of stalking. But also the fact that like most of like Saku's storyline, while he is like destructively attractive and but his and also clearly extremely posh like the only real thing you get is him basically at the end of chapters turning directly to the camera to stare at you and saying ah but i'm the black sheep of the family and it's like dude fuck off like you could have put some actual action and he's you know he has another section where he's like oh i hate leaning on my family connections and then 20 pages later he is leaning on his family connections to help find the next clue in the chain and that does have an interesting element to it and you get like an interesting clue to what happens next um but it still feels very sort of like ah this is this character needs this character is not fully fleshed out and it's annoying Mm, and he was more interesting when he was like the like weird weirdly like uh, liberal barista 
yeah, um, and, in the cafe. And, and again, I, I feel like that's a perfect example of where everything in this series needs more time to breathe. Because like him going and relying his his, his connections as an absolute last resort would have been kind of interesting of as, as a like, look, we've we've tried everything else. There's no, we can't find any other way forward with this case. You're going to have to do this, and you know he kind of does it under duress. But instead, like you say, it goes straight from like, oh, I hate having to do this to, but I guess I will. And then you know you turn the page. And, and here we are and there's no kind of ramifications to that there's no kind of like personal introspection on his part afterwards yeah. of like ah this is what i hate about you know the life that i've been brought into you don't there's get no- the like father patriarch bursting into the room and go ah you useless motherfucker of a son this yeah. is when you come crawling back to the family like you don't get any i mean you don't need that exactly but that's the sort of thing that could make it interesting maybe again backseat writing i'm very sorry sorry andy yeah, but but no, and I I think that's exactly it. You kind of you know, it, it I mean, feels you, get, like this... you get some of that with Mitsuko at least. Like you get the flashbacks to oh, she's such a rough housing girl. Don't bring shame to the family name. And it's like yes, okay, that's cool. But at least it at least that stuff is better handled. I feel mostly yeah. because it's kept a flashback. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, beyond that, like I feel like there there are, and and I think this kind of ties into what you were kind of saying about how some of the sort of the questions that this volume poses, you're not entirely sure how accurate they are to the period because a lot of a lot of characters feel like they say things that there's nothing that we see that really backs them up and i think like saku is the case in point of that of just like ah you know i i hate all these things about you know my upbringing and where 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 that puts me in society but while simultaneously constantly using those things and kind of not really seeming to have any kind of disadvantages or fallings out or problems as a result of it. Mm, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of it's exhausting because it's such a good like I like the characters themselves are interesting, but the way they develop is not. And then the setting is amazing, as said, and yeah, it's a I want to like I make I mean, frankly it's free to read so I on Azuki apart from the latest chapters so I may continue reading it just to see if it like kind of like solidifies somehow if that makes sense but I yeah it's 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 something very tired a bit very like wearing about it just because like I can see it like there's something like it's like I say it's extremely well drawn like I really love the art and um, there's clearly a lot of care taken on these characters the foot the, the front page of the volume itself is just like check out these sweet colors and this pair of characters and how differently they hold themselves and Mitsuko's feet don't even reach the floor from her stool and you know it looks cool as shit and then you read it and you're like ah there's not there's it's not pulling enough value out of its material here Mm. so yeah very very weary for for sure but the cats are good yes very good cats (laughs) very good more than one more than one plot leaning cat very important so yeah that's something that's cool but yeah it's i'll probably continue i'll probably continue it were you andy or are you okay Uh I've I kind I kind of want to at least see the end of the current kind of story arc the the, the cliffhanger that Volume One leaves me on uh, that that is sort of like my final sort of thing to be like hey if this manages to pull something around that makes me go like oh, okay no maybe it's found its feet then maybe I'll continue but I don't really have much faith that it will so I'll probably be done after another chapter or so yeah yeah well we'll see how it goes I mean if it does end up closing off the storyline another chapter that'll be extremely sure <laughs> so anyway anything else to mention andy uh no no that's cool. it for me so yeah that's been um my dear detective mitsuko's case files volume one 
So let's talk about what we're going to be talking about next episode. So I've picked something that um, I was looking forward to for a great deal um, because I remember buying a volume of this author's work in Japan, not being able to read it, but it didn't matter because there was like virtually no words in it. Um, but I picked um, volume one of um, Sheeply Horned Witch Romy. And Andy, how about you? Uh, yeah, so my pick for the next episode is uh, Chasing After Aikoshiba, Volume 1. Moving on to Close Down, as mentioned, um, we have a website, screentone.club. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash screentone club. Uh, we have a Twitter, at screentone club, as long as that site continues to exist. Um, we have an email, show at screentone.club. Uh, my name's Elliot Page. You can find me at Elliot Page on Twitter. Um, and Andy, how about you? Yeah, you can also find me on Twitter at Hannah's1979. Yeah. So I'm also on co-host if you need more places to find me going nuts about Chainsaw Man. So there's that. Um, but yeah, from both of us, um, thank you very much and good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.